Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. in charge here what the rules are welcome to walkers and talkers episode 173 i'm david brody from elvis strand the morning show my usual co-host jamie from light fm in new york will not be joining us for the second episode in a row uh, she was not able to get her microphone delivered on time hopefully she will be all set up for next week all right so it's just me again i will do my best to create snappy banter on my own. Let's take a look at some Walking Dead news. The finale was delayed indefinitely. They're just saying it will be sometime this year that you'll see it. The reason being is that they don't finish finalizing the sound and the special effects for about till about three weeks before the episode airs, which, by the way, doesn't sound like a smart plan. And since they've shut down production, they can't finish the episode. Uh, and as such, we're going to see episode 15 and have to wait... For 16, but I'll talk more about episode, I'm sorry, yeah, I'll talk more about episode 14 a little bit later on, uh, and then 15, I think, is going to be a bloodbath for somebody. Uh, we'll get to that, the episode called The Tower. Uh, because the finale is delayed, they had hoped April 12th would be the finale and the premiere of World Beyond. That will also be delayed. Uh, we don't know when that will air, but they hadn't finished the season uh, on that one, and Fear the Walking Dead was already on hiatus for filming, so that may be delayed as well. The plan was for 40 straight weeks of The Walking Dead. That's obviously not going to happen because real life The Walking Dead is going on. I'm sure by now most of you have seen the picture of uh, the season one poster of Rick riding into Atlanta with cars leaving Atlanta, and now the updated picture of the roads completely empty. If not, you can Google it. I'm sure you'll find it. It's everywhere. Uh, Denai Guerrera, who you know already, spoiler if you haven't watched the episode yet, 
Uh, she's done with the TV show. She left a very nice farewell message on her Instagram account um, next to a picture of her uh, holding Rick's muddy boots. She talked about how bittersweet it was. She said, is it possible to feel your heart is broken and overwhelmed with love all at once? She talked about how leaving Michonne was one of the hardest things I've had to do. I'm so grateful for the kindness, beauty, and generosity of, of love that I've received over the last couple of days. Yada, yada, yada. Um, she really appreciates everything, and she's sad to leave. Keep in mind, though, and we can always be sad when we leave by choice. She is leaving by choice because she can make more money making movies and not getting Walker slime all over every week. Um, Angela Kang, Walking Dead showrunner, by now you know that, explained how they recreated some of the iconic moments from the show for Michonne's final episode. Uh, I'm sure, you, again, you've seen it. She said, uh, our production folks did an amazing job of recreating some of our sets and lighting to shoot new footage. Then our VFX and post-production team merged old footage with new footage to create something that feels like it might have been in the show but never actually existed. Season 2, Episode 7 footage used of Rick to help create the scene where he shoots Michonne. We'll get to that. They aged Rick, gave him more scruff on his face, and made his hair longer. How unbelievable is that? Uh, as far as new scenes that she's referring to, they did refilm the, um, not the the lineup uh, part of the new scenes, but they filmed Michonne's part of it, and they filmed the um, the camper and uh, Negan talking to her. Uh, you can see he lost a little weight since his original appearance, if you compare them, but what are you going to do? Um, showrunner Angela Kang, I, I guess this is old news, but... Somewhere she said, because this was in the same article, that Heath was traded by Anne to the helicopter people off screen. So that would have been nice if uh, Anne made mention of Heath or something, so we would have known that. Um, now we don't know what the PPP card was for. We had talked about that meant uh, whisper in music terms, and so we thought it was a whisper or misdirect, but I guess that was a whisper or misdirect. And maybe they'll show us a door in Philadelphia where Rick is being held that has a triple P on it or something like that. Uh, if you look closely at the lineup scene from this week's episode, um, they took um, Glenn out of the scene, who was on the left end, and they took um, Michonne out and moved Daryl um, and everyone to his left over to the right, closer to Rick and Maggie, digitally, which is pretty cool. And yet they kept Dwight in the scene in the same place, basically. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, uh, the they talked about, uh, with Angela Kang, the reason why this scene was important, not only to show how Denai Guerrero's character Michonne uh, could have changed dramatically uh, if things went differently, which, again, we will talk about. Um, she said it's, it's a good chance for fans to forgive and understand what Negan did because they see that even Michonne could have done what she did um, and that it's you're a victim of circumstance. Plus, when Michonne says the things she does, you almost understand Negan's point um, that they, their people were killed first. She said whether or not viewers will see him differently will remain to be seen. But having Michonne, a character fans deeply respect and love, deliver a speech to Rick, Rosita, Daryl, and the rest of them about how they ruthlessly slaughtered some of Negan's group members in their sleep may help some longtime fans finally see the season 7 premiere from a different perspective. And that's most likely what AMC wants, 
Negan's still a big part of the show, and as you know, ratings went down dramatically when it was too much Negan and too much negativity. So, what do you guys think? Do you look at Negan differently now that the same thing could have happened to Michonne? That technically Rick's group killed people first while they were sleeping? Is it more cruel just because he hit him with a bat? Uh, killed two people with bats rather with a bat rather than if he shot them in a in a fight. I guess uh, that's up to you guys to decide. Uh, I see Negan's perspective. I think he gloated too much. I think that's what made him evil, um, and and it was too painful of a death for those people. Uh, Glenn and Abraham are dead. Spoiler. Uh, Melissa McBride posted a uh, picture featuring uh, uh, Andrew Lincoln as Rick. Uh, at MC Bride Melissa or McBride Melissa. Hashtag The Walking Dead. Hashtag Michonne. Hashtag Bring Him Home. Which was the caption on Talking Dead after the episode that that may be the new rallying cry, Bring Him Home. So, obviously, uh, we have to assume, and there's lots of other people commenting, that Denai Guerrero will be at least in one of the movies, uh, if not two or three. I don't know if she'll be in the first one since we've got almost seven years of Rick to catch up on, we may not see Michonne maybe till the last scene, which would be a big teaser for the second movie. Uh, speaking of the last scene of this week's episode, um, we'll talk about, after the, I review it, what Angela Kang's thoughts are on what we saw. Uh, Instagram, Andrew Lincoln plays and sings piano, I'm sorry, plays and sings uh, a piano tribute to Denai Guerrero. He sings Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney. And change the lyrics to We Love You, Deny. Uh, and said some very nice things about her. So check that out at Deny Guerrera. Uh, D-A-N-A-I-G-U-R-I-R-A. Walking Dead actor, uh, you may remember, uh, Daniel Newman. Uh, we had him on the show. We interviewed him here on the podcast. Uh, he was part of the kingdom. He was killed by the super high-powered machine gun when everyone died uh, in the field during the war. Except, of course... Jerry and Ezekiel. Uh, he posted this a few days ago. By the time you hear this, his life and uh, statistics may be updated. So I'm just telling you that as of uh, when I researched this, he said, I was just in Australia with Sam Smith, Dua Lipa, name dropper, and thousands of people from around the world for Mardi, Gar- Mardi Gras Pride. Which, by the way, probably wasn't a good idea since uh, Mardi Gras in New Orleans um, obviously spread the coronavirus because they are getting a ton of a ton of uh, cases now, much higher than most other places in the country, outside the bigger cities. He said he, uh, someone in his group exposed him to COVID-19. He started showing symptoms. He uh, went to the hospital. They said he definitely showed signs. He took a test. Um, They did not give him his results. They still haven't for some reason. And he said he got a bill for $9,000. So how about that? Um... Let's see. Okay, that's your news. Um, let's uh, let's get to the episode breakdown right after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. So, uh, one more thing news-wise I forgot to mention. In the new trailer for World Beyond... The main uh, protagonist um, introduces herself as being part of the Civic Republic military. Uh, uh, clearly, they are not good people. They wear black. They let everybody know they're, they're, they're bad people. Um, but we thought CRM might stand for Commonwealth Monument, which is the community uh, in World Beyond. And uh, we didn't know what R was. We thought maybe that was Ginny's group or a different group. Um, you know, so... Uh, no, it turns out, at least uh, maybe coincidentally, uh, they use CRM. But yes, yeah, Civic Republic Military. So they are uh, absolutely not good people. All right, so this week's episode, What We Become. The episode opens with Michonne and her pets walking through the woods, finding some bullets. They see Andrea run down a hill trying to escape walkers. Uh, she hears a gunshot. She sees Andrea fighting off the walkers. One falls on top of her. Now, if you remember from the season two finale... This was Andrea running from the farm when the farm, Herschel's farm, was overrun. Uh, she saved Andrea, killed the walker with her sword, um, and uh, that's how the episode ended. You saw her standing over uh, just a shadowy figure uh, of Michonne. You couldn't see her face. That's because Denai Guerrero hadn't been cast yet, uh, and so it was just a, a stunt double in that scene. Anyway, um, in... Uh, we already saw from the trailer, thanks trailer guy, that this is this ends differently. Uh, instead of helping Andrea, she watches her getting eaten by the walker that landed on top of her, um, and she walks away. Um, we'll see more of that episode later on in the breakdown. Uh, the credits roll, we, uh, and the uh, Walking Dead logo is on fire, which looked pretty cool. I guess that's also to represent Hilltop being on fire. Uh, Michonne and Virgil arrive at the island in the boat, uh, we find out from the internet that the island they went to is 69 miles away from Oceanside. Um, Michelle takes Virgil's handcuffs off, so clearly she did not trust him while they were on the boat. They stop at a garden. Virgil says he can't show up to see his wife empty-handed. The garden is his wife's pride and joy. He picks up a bunch of flowers that he says have healing powers. Again, we know he's lying. We know his wife is dead. Thanks, trailer guy. Michonne keeps trying to refocus him, like, hey, where are the ammunitions? Where are the munitions, the weapons? Let's go. And he keeps rambling on about his five-year-old kids and his wife. 
Uh, Michonne uh, looks around as they walk into where he lives in the area outside. There's stacks of books on chairs. There's one chair with an open book near a fireplace like someone was reading. I have to wonder how the book stays dry and doesn't get ruined, opened like that, but that's just me. Uh, Michonne's getting very suspicious because it doesn't look like there's anyone there but him. She takes out her sword, puts it to his chest, and says, Stop the bullshit. Uh, there goes the curse for the season, one of the two anyway. She says, where the hell is your family? He takes them to their grave. takes her to their graves. Michonne is pissed. He says, you- she's like, you waited till now to tell me? So she starts walking off to go find the, uh, the uh, weapons herself. And he says she can't go because the island is clear. He sounds a lot like Morgan, who used to refer to uh, an area with walkers as being clear or not clear when he was losing his mind. Uh, that becomes more interesting later. Because one of the flashbacks when she's hallucinating is she puts herself in Morgan's shoes in the episode when Morgan is going crazy, which is entitled Clear. Uh, Virgil says, It was clear until the others came and brought the sickness with them, and the sickness killed my family, which we find out later is not true. He says he's never really killed many rippers. That's what he calls walkers. He's not good at it like she is. He says, my wife and our kids are still in there, which we find out he means in a building. Uh, and they are dead, or at least they're, they're walkers at this point, and he needed her to come to put them down, which seems very selfish, um, especially since we know they're dead, dead, dead. Um, and we later find out it was all for naught because, well, we'll get to that. They head into the building where uh, he said his family was. There's plenty of dead in the building. There's one walker trapped in an opening. Michelle can, Michonne rather can see behind the opening. There's a lot of walkers. So she kills the walker very quietly. And then Virgil trips and knocks over a bunch of metal stuff and draws the walker's attention. And they all start coming towards them. Uh, Virgil acts like Eugene used to do and gets all scared and does nothing. Michonne picks up a stretcher um, and uses it to shove them all, which was brilliant. Uh, there's about 30 or so walkers. She gives the stretcher to Virgil and says, hide behind that stretcher. Um, and then she kills all of them like a machine. Michonne machine. Uh, they open a door to another room and there are five or six walkers who clearly hung themselves. You just see their feet dangling. And clearly it's his family. He picks up a shoe and puts it back on the foot of one of the kids. He's obviously devastated. Um, I guess, you know, he realizes now they killed themselves because they were trapped in there. Um, we later find out why, uh, which is why he looks so distraught. Um, Michonne looks towards him and uh, nods like, all right, I'm going to kill them now just to let you know. She keeps asking for the weapons and he keeps stalling, telling her she can't leave now because of the tide. She should stay the night and she's getting more and more angry at him. Look, go get the weapons now and then stay the night. Don't stay the night on the promise of weapons. I thought she was smarter than that. Anyway, they go back to his house and get ready for bed. She tries to use the walkie-talkie to call Judith. It doesn't work. There's too much static. In the middle of the night, she goes looking, uh, searching in a building. We have to assume it was not the first building she walked into, because that would be pretty crappy. Um, there's no lights. She hears voices coming through the walls. And as she tries to talk to them, Virgil is behind her. He slams the door and locks her into that room and says, Why couldn't you just wait until the morning? Uh, I trusted you. Now you've ruined everything. She screams his name and he walks away. All right. So Virgil's crazy. 
Uh, the next morning, she wakes up and has a tray of food in her room, and her sword, of course, is gone. She bangs on the door, and the people through the wall tell her to calm down. There's three of them in the other room, a man and two women. Virgil has arrested them also. She said, we are researchers. We were friends of Virgil's. They tell Michonne that a boatload of people came to the island. They took them in, and one night when rations were running low, a fight broke out, and one of the new people was killed. Virgil locked everyone in the building and didn't know his family was in there. He snapped when he found out they were in there. And I guess uh, somebody was a walker, or there were already walkers in there. Um, but everybody in that building died. We already saw what happened to his family, which is why he feels so guilty. Um, he comes by the room and says he's glad she ate, but he can't open the door because he knows she will kill him. She says, we reap what we sow, asshole. There's your second curse. So my guess is she didn't give a damn. She could have said, no, I won't kill you. I'm sure there's an explanation. No, she says, I'm going to kill you. Now, we see she starts feeling sick and hallucinating. Why didn't the other three people warn her that he was going to drug her? Don't eat the apple. You have to wonder about that, but they never addressed it. He says, the island has a gift that helped me. I hope it can help you. So he's probably stoned too. Turns out those flowers were drugs. Um, he starts screwing with her, putting thoughts into her head. She starts imagining she sees Sadiq. Sadiq says, you were supposed to protect us. You let me die. She's suddenly back in the forest watching Andrew, um, Andrea rather, be attacked and walking away from her. Then she walks up to Andrea's body, completely eaten, torn apart. She takes her canteen and her knife and starts hitchhiking which is just cold. You didn't help the woman. And then you take her stuff. Um, because she never saved Andrea, she never met the governor, in which case she never went to the prison to get help for Andrea. And so the rest of her life was changed. She never met Rick and the other people. She's on the road. A car passes by that gets stuck in the mud. Uh, she calls for help. And uh, she's got Andrea's orange backpack on. Daryl's in the car. He looks at her from a distance and drives off and doesn't help her. Now, if you remember, in the same episode, Clear, from season two, the orange backpack guy who was hitchhiking, they didn't pick him up as they went into town. And as they drove home, he was mauled and, and mangled at the side of the road. And uh, they got out of the car and took his backpack, which keeps popping up. Orange backpacks keep happen, uh, popping up in the show. And it always means something important is going to happen. So, in this scenario that she's uh, dreaming, she's Orange Backpack Guy. She wanders into the woods after they don't pick her up, and she's found by Negan and the Saviors. We see DJ and Laura. She goes to attack Negan. He knocks her down with his bat, takes her sword. He said, I don't normally help people along the road, but I like you and your big old massive lady nuts. And he gives her back her sword and an apple, there's the apple again, to eat. He introduces himself, name's Negan. Now, I do have a question. This is in Georgia. So are we to assume that not only did Rick's group go up to Alexandria, north, but that after Negan met up with Michonne, for no reason, they also went up north to Virginia uh, and set up the sanctuary? Is that what we're to believe? And when did they find Morales? Because it would have been pretty cool if he was there at that moment, but he wasn't. So I think that was a lost opportunity. Uh, another flashback, Glenn and Heath are sneaking into the Savior's satellite building from season six. They are about to kill Laura this time. 
Uh, if you remember, they uh, they killed another savior in his sleep. Um, they kill Laura. Um, again, using new footage and the old footage. Uh, then they go to kill Michonne in her sleep. She wakes up and kills both Glenn and Heath. So in this reality, that happens, which is why Glenn wasn't at the lineup. They show Rick shooting people with his automatic weapon and Michonne um, ducking behind a door. Again, amazing footage. It was sort of like Back to the Future where Michael J. Fox sees himself from the previous movie. Okay, so now we see the uh, the famous lineup with Negan. Uh, good to see Abraham again and Sasha and any other characters in that scene that may be dead. Uh, Negan goes to do the eeny, meeny, miny, moe bit and says, who am I kidding? I'm not going to do it. My right-hand gal has been on a rampage lately and I'm going to let her do it. Unbelievable technology. They put uh, Michonne in the scene. Uh, they give her the bat. Now, this is the scene we saw in July of 2019. Uh, it's been in all the trailers. We didn't know who she was going to Lucille, why she had the bat. Uh, we knew she didn't take it to the island. So here's how they finally explained it. Um, he says, wish them a happy new year for me. She says to them, you didn't know who we were or where we came from, but you came in the dead of night and slaughtered our people anyway in their sleep. She looks right in Rick's face, which is what Negan did. And she says, like cowards. She walks in front of the lineup just like Negan did. She says, remember, you did this. She swings Lucille and it looks like she ends up killing our version of Michonne, which is kind of weird. Uh, last we see her in the woods being hunted by our uh, our survivors. She kills two miscellaneous survivors. Of course, she kills people we don't know. Uh, and then Daryl puts an arrow through her. Rick steps on her arm as she reaches for her sword and shoots her in the head. And again, this is the scene where they use the footage from an earlier season that I talked to you about before, where they made him look older and scruffier. Um, we will continue with the rest of the episode right after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. 
present day Michonne is puking into a bucket and Virgil stands over her, clearly because he doesn't know what a warrior she is, even though he brought her there specifically because she's a warrior. She stabs him in the leg with her fork. Boy, he is not really good at keeping uh, uh, prisoners. Anyway, she frees the other prisoners as he runs off, uh, limping with his stabbed leg. They go after him. I guess she found the keys. Um, when they get out, uh, they look out uh, on the water and the boat's on fire. I don't know how he had time to start a fire since she just stabbed him in the leg and he ran out limping. Did he set the boat on fire for some reason before he went in to see her? Why would he need to set the boat on fire if she was locked up and imprisoned? I don't understand. Anyway, of course they catch up to him. The gang wants to kill him. Uh, they want Michonne to get off of him because she's on top. She says, look at him. He owes you more than he could ever repay by taking his life. That won't settle it. Uh, your mercy gives you something. You can uh, get something from him if you have mercy. Um, one of the women uh, bashes him in the head and they throw him in a jail cell. Michonne wakes him up later and says she checked every building. There are no weapons, not even the ones he said not to go into. She asks Virgil what he sees when he's tripping, and he says his family, as if nothing happened to them, they're having a good time, and, and I wish that you saw the same thing, but you saw hell for some reason. Oh, so he's trying to help her. If he thought it was a good thing, wouldn't he tell her, hey, here's some drugs that are going to make you happy? He assumed that she was miserable. Meanwhile, her family's alive as far as he knows. Unless she told him on the boat that she misses Rick. I don't know. In which case, why he didn't understand whose boots they were. Oh, oh we didn't get to the boots yet. Um, she says he's going to help her find stuff. Uh, so they go into a supply shed looking for supplies. And they see an old pair of cowboy boots. She hugs them and starts crying. And then asks him where the hell he got those boots. She believes they are Rick's boots. Now, we know they're Rick's boots, but, you know, it's a zombie apocalypse. You haven't seen the guy in seven years. Couldn't someone have found his body and taken the boots? Did they sell more than one pair of boots? Unless there was some kind of carving on the boots, or they had their name on the boots? Uh, for the sake of the show, I'll call shoe bullshit. But, okay, we'll say that they're Rick's boots. He says... Um, Stuff washed up on shore during the storm. I don't know exactly where it came from, but yeah, there's a big boat offshore. Okay. Um, anyway, they get on the on the ship. Notice they're not wet. How did they get on the ship, which was at least in a few feet of water, and they weren't wet? I'm calling a lack of wet bullshit. Anyway, they go into one room where she's frantically looking through whatever mess of things are on the counter. Um, and there's a book, a manifest, or some kind of log with notes in it. Uh, if you look in the uh, in the notes carefully, it looked like it said Virginia. Um, I thought maybe it said Virgil, but the first location in the book is Hopewell, Virginia, um, which may have been a clever Easter egg. That's the location where World Beyond was filmed. At first, we thought Michonne uh, might be heading there. Uh, later on the episode, but we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. The other location, it says, is New Jersey. Now, it mentions a shipyard in New Jersey, um, and later on the episode, Michonne says she's heading north, most likely to New Jersey. Now, the largest shipyard in the United States is Port Elizabeth Marine Terminal in central New Jersey, near Liberty, uh, Liberty well, it's Newark Airport. Another prominent shipyard is in Camden, 
By the way, that um, uh, the other shipyard in Camden is right across the water from Philadelphia. Why is this important? Uh, if you've seen the Rick Grimes movie poster and teaser trailer, um, you see a silhouette of Philadelphia. So my guess is we now know um, that the helicopter may have taken Rick to that ship somehow, and the ship was in South Jersey, and that's how Rick got to Philadelphia. How about that? So catch him in Philadelphia. Okay, let's move on as my notes fall to the floor. She also finds a cell phone with herself and Judith at current age carved on it. Michonne says, you knew this. You came to Oceanside to bring me back here. And Virgil says, I I don't know anything. Uh, She starts thinking that maybe it's a trap. They set up a trap for her. and And that's why he came to Oceanside. And somehow they got Rick. And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. Now, if they're setting up a trap, it's a pretty bad trap if um, you capture Rick and then wait seven years to capture everybody else. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, by the way, the uh, the words on the phone in that are written in, I believe, Japanese, um, translated roughly to um, keep on believing. And so, I guess it's a message... If somehow, seven years later, Michonne found his phone, that she should keep on believing. But it worked. It was like a message in a bottle, I guess. Virgil says he really doesn't know who she's looking for, but maybe they met for a reason. He says, maybe we can modify the boat with the help of the others and fix it and get it moving again. At this point, with 10 minutes left in the show, I have to wonder why she'd go looking for Rick and leave her kids. Um, We find out, but at this point, I'm like, why would she leave? Uh, Virgil shows up to the waterfront with Michonne and the three other people with a car full of su- a cart full of supplies. They tell him they're willing to let him come on the ship. Virgil says to Michonne, I can't go. I promised my wife every day flowers and I can't leave. Okay, stay on the island. You don't know how to kill the dead uh, if there are any left. And you're alone and you'll have to figure out food for yourself. Good luck, man. Uh, as they pull away in the ship, Virgil is on the shoreline watching them leave. So we know he's not hiding out on the boat somewhere. Um, Michonne staring at the phone and crying. She tries to call Judith. Nobody answers. And then finally Judith responds and she gets to talk to her and RJ, who, of course, Judith refers to as little brave man. Michonne asks about the whisperers um, and, uh, and Judith says, Alpha can't hurt us anymore, which is a lie because at this point, nobody knows Alpha is dead. So she's lying to her mother so her mother won't be worried. But what if Alpha killed her after that? Then she would know she was lying. Well, I mean, she'd be dead, but still. Um, I think that was, uh, you know, in case you thought she knew Negan killed her, uh, because we find out in the scenes from next week that nobody knows Negan killed her. We'll get to that in a minute. She tells Jew that she found something, something that might have belonged to the brave man, meaning Rick. Now, I know they're talking in code, but nobody knows who Rick is who might be listening on the walkies. Everybody's dead at this point, or the whisperers, and they don't know who Rick was. Uh, So that seemed weird. She doesn't know if it means anything at all. Judith asks if he's alive, and she says she doesn't know. Judith says, if you think he's alive, you have to go find him. You have to know. We are okay here. What if he needs you more? What if he's trying to come home to you and no one will help him? 
which I guess is the plot of the movies. But boy, that's a brave thing for a 10-year-old girl to say, isn't it? She said she's going to find the brave man, and Judith says she knows I have to listen to Uncle Daryl. She said she's going to head north, Michonne, which we now know means uh, heading towards New Jersey, and call her on the walkie as often as, as she can. Um, Michonne is on the coast somewhere. Um, the people in the boat must have left her, dropped her off at the shore. So I guess she's near New Jersey at this point. Um, which, by the way, does not look like New Jersey when we look around from where she is. Um, she creates two new pets by cutting their arms off and their mouths, um, which I guess is to keep them from smelling also. Um, she hasn't done this in season two, which is weird. Wouldn't that have been a good idea to do? Why have you waited all these years, like 10 years of your life, if this trick works so well? She's been alone in the woods before. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Anyway, I'm not sure why they don't attack her unless they can't smell her, but they can look at her and see that she's not dead. Seems kind of weird because sometimes walkers attack visually and sometimes they attack as they smell you. Um, she sees a guy limping and a woman with her, with him as she approaches them. They ask for help and they say they will leave without us and they won't wait for us. She looks down into the valley and they say, please help us. Now, these people that she finds, this man and woman, are wearing animal skins. I think the woman has on, like, cow pants, black and white cow skin, and they're wearing, like, leather ponchos. Anyway, she remembers Rick helping her at the gates of the prison and offers to help them. Also, because she knows what will happen if she doesn't help them. She'll end up with Negan killing people. Uh, she kills her pets again, although for a second, to me, it looked like she killed the two people. Anyway, she offers them her hand. She helps the guy up. The camera pans down to the valley, and there are six giant squares of people with either uh, walkers around them or an outer ring of guards, perhaps, keeping the people in line. Now, this is not CRM people, um, which I'll explain in a minute. Um, Denai Guerrero... Uh, so that's how the show ends. Um, Denai Guerrero on Talking Dead with um, Yvette Nicole Brown... Um, and Scott Gimple and, of course, Chris Hardwick, all on Skype. Uh, Denai said she wanted the sword from the show, but Scott Gimple wouldn't give it because uh, they need it, just like they needed Rick's boots, because Rick wanted his boots, and they kept them. And he says, we will need the sword again, implying that it will be in the uh, in the movies with Michonne. Uh, sneak peek for this weekend's episode, episode 14. Carol's walking through the woods alone, hearing her name being whispered. Um, she turns around and it's Alpha and Alpha is saying, I will always be watching you. So she's losing her mind again. Um, by the way, Michonne, people were like wondering if Michonne was going to die in this episode because they knew it was her last episode. Technically, she died twice in this episode. Um, she died when evil Michonne bashed her in the head and she died when Daryl and Rick killed her. So technically we saw her die in this episode. Uh, Carol puts Alpha's head on a pike, which Beta later finds. Negan says, it's done. I held up my end of the bargain. Now hold up yours, which I guess meant go back to Alexandria and tell everybody I'm a good guy. And Carol says, I'm not going back. So she basically reneged on her deal with Negan. Now, do you feel sorry for Negan? I don't know. We've, we're certainly being led to feel bad for the guy. Um, anyway, he goes back to the cabin where he killed Alpha and Daryl gets him with a crossbow up against the wall. 
Uh, Eugene admits he's been talking to somebody in another community. Ezekiel says goodbye to Jerry. Um, I guess he's going to the Commonwealth with Eugene for medical treatment. Uh, Beta is holding out his hands as he's overseeing... Um, he's overseeing uh, a bunch of walkers in an old town. Eugene, Yumiko, and Ezekiel are riding into town. Um, I think it's supposed to be West Virginia. In the comic books, it's Pittsburgh. But I think Stephanie said she's in West Virginia. Um, and now, if you haven't seen it and you want to, they released the opening minutes of uh, Season 10, Episode 14, which is Carol walking into the jail cell where Negan is. And it's their first meeting on screen. And we see the plan hatch. So that's pretty awesome. Now, next week's episode is called... Well, this week's episode is called Look at the Flowers. Now, if you remember, that's when um, Carol uh, shot Lizzie. She told her, oh, by the way, Lizzie's dead. Look at the flowers, Lizzie. Much like Of Mice and Men, uh, the book, and she killed Lizzie. Now, why is this episode called Look at the Flowers? Because in the photographs released, um, we see... Daryl with Negan as prisoner with his hands tied behind his back and Daryl is standing behind Negan with his crossbow like he's going to shoot Negan in the back of the head or in the back because he doesn't believe him that he killed Alpha uh, because he knows he was working with the Whispers and Alpha's head isn't on the pike when he takes him there to see the head on the pike because Beta took the head. Which, by the way, there was a scene in the trailer I didn't mention. He rubs noses with Alpha's walker head or at least he comes close to doing it. It's kind of gross. Uh, speaking of the last episode now, what we saw at the end, um, Angela Kang says we coordinated with Scott Gimple on what he needed the end point in the episode to be. So in other words, Scott Gimple said, this is where I want the Walking Dead universe story to begin. And so Angela Kang wrote the episode to lead up to that. She told Entertainment Weekly... Um, when asked if the herd of people is connected to the CRM uh, who are responsible for Rick's disappearance, Kang said, I will say that as far as I know, this group is not part of that group. They kind of have a whole different way of dressing. They're dressed in animal skins. They're traveling in kind of this organized caravan. Everything we know about the Three Rings group is that they've got people shuttling people around by helicopter up and down the coast. So yeah, we'll see what adventures await. Anyway, uh, that's that. So, Remember, uh, next week's episode, episode 15, is called The Tower, um, and the description is the communities prepare for the final battle of the Whisperer War, um, and Eugene, Eugene's group encounters Princess. Now, Princess is a Hispanic woman who is, I understand from the comics, if she's like the comics, crazy, um, uh, carries an automatic weapon, and is a lot of fun. So... We will get to meet her in two episodes. Although, as I said, if the tower refers to the tower scene from the comics, it is not going to be a good scene. All right. Well, once again, I'm alone. And so I'm going to need your help on the count of three ending this episode. I hope you guys helped last week. None of you told me you did. So uh, I'm going to pretend that you are all doing it. Fans of Walkers and Talkers. Hold on now. Wait. Three, two, one. It's time to shut this shit down. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.